Hi, this is Jack, and you're listening to Scaling DevTools. I'm joined today by Yuri, who is the Director of Developer Experience at NX. Yuri, great to have you on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yuri, could you tell us a little bit about NX and Narwhal and your story? Yeah, sure. So Narwhal is basically the company and, and NX is our open source product. Let's dive a bit into what NX actually is for people that might not have heard about it. So NX is, if you want a smart, extensible build system that kind of abstracts if you want, or sits at top of like things like Webpack or, or ES build or whatever you're using underneath. So it basically is, helps you run those tasks in an efficient manner. Uh, and that said, NX is kind of has been designed to work in from small projects. Let's say you have like your small React application that you want to create with it to really scale to large, large multi-project repositories or monorepos as they are known. And so that's what, what NX kind of does. It, it comes with a lot of different features and, and approach that we could kind of dive into more in detail, but basically it provides easy incremental approach in the sense that you can incrementally adopt an X very easily, but then it has also an, a second approach where you can use and benefit from its huge plugin system. And the founders of NX and Narwhal were experienced in this problem themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. And the founders of Narwhal, which is the company behind NX, they are ex-Googlers and they happen to work on the Angular team as well. And Google is known for having one gigantic monorepository with all the projects in there. And they have obviously dedicated tooling to make that work. And why are they using a monorepo? Simply because they see the benefits. They see how it helps people collaborate, how it helps ship software faster. So you get some more consistency across different projects, especially if you integrate between them. Basically, Google has developed custom tooling just to make it work at that scale. And so internally, that tool is called Blaze. And externally, there's an open source variant of it, which is called Bazel. Which is a very powerful tool, but it's arguably also kind of complex to set up. So huge, huge companies, some of them have dedicated teams to actually use Bazel and set it up in their environments and kind of maintain it over time. And so when, when like our co-founders, Victor Safkin and Jeff Cross kind of left Google to build their own company, it's obviously the opportunity that something like that in the open source space and in, in companies outside of Google might be beneficial, but obviously taking it from a more lightweight, easier approach in the sense that you don't want to necessarily have to have a dedicated tooling team just taking care of your build system tooling, but it should be easily approachable, but still work at scale. So that was kind of the challenge. From our perspective, they started doing a lot of like interacting with those companies, how NX got built and evolved over time was mostly by dog feeding back into the project, what we saw when we talked to clients. So when we talked to them, we saw the problems that they faced, the problems that they had, and in return, basically we continue to evolve our open source project to make sure to, to address those specific problems. Uncommonly in the developer tool space, you are completely bootstrapped. Could you talk a little bit about your business model? As I mentioned, the, the company is completely bootstrapped. Victor and, and Jeff started the company mostly out of a consulting business initially. So given that they worked at the Angular team, they had some good connections also in the Angular community. So initially, a lot of the business side was 
pure Angular consulting. And then obviously, yes, on the side, we grew the open source project in X. And given a lot of companies wanted to go into that monorepo space, and X was always a big part of, of that consulting. When we work with companies, most of the time, NX is what we use there at the company, help them set it up, help evolve NX, and, and help them develop quality code. And the big chunk was with Angular, it's still with Angular. And over time, we grew into a React space, basically following along how the front end space kind of changed. And even now, most of our business model is structured over providing consulting services to companies in the sense that help them develop Angular or React applications, as well as obviously help them set up an X and fine tune an X, customize an X to what they need. Because NX in general is, is very flexible. So what happens nowadays is that companies reach out to us because they have already NX in their organization and they want to just fine-tune it according to the processes and like business process that they have inside their company of how they develop code. And then there is another thing that we introduced on, on top of NX as a second approach in, in terms of our business model, which is NX Cloud, which is providing remote caching, remote task execution. And it's a subscription-based model targeting mostly large companies which want on-premise installation of that. Uh, and so we help them set it up and sell that basically that type of engagement, which works pretty well. Yuri, so NX has 2 million downloads at least reported by NPM per week. And you have like 13,000 GitHub stars or more. How did you go from this open source project idea to being such a popular project? First of all, a lot of work went into what NX is today, but it kind of grew organically over time. So when I mentioned initially that our business model consists, a large chunk of it at least consists of consulting work, that also means that we don't work full time the whole week just on NX, this open source project. And so now we start transitioning some developers more to go full time on NX as we want to kind of push it more. But like what has happened in the past is that people would like, four days a week work on consulting, helping companies grow their business using an X most of the time at least. And then one day a week, they stick focused on actually pushing forward open source projects. So you can, can imagine that just 20% of the time it actually went into the product. But at the same time, it was a lot of valuable feedback, always kind of feeding back into what we experience, like when we work with those enterprise clients, the pain points we see there. And at the same time, as the community in the open source community where we we're very, very strongly connected to funneling back that feedback from that open source community. And I very much like kind of quote that Tony Fidel, he's the co-creator of the iPod and the iPhone. He had a saying where he said, when, when you develop a product, you need to create a painkiller first and not necessarily the vitamins. You don't want to start with those because then the product is not that appealing. That is the approach that we took with an X to some degree, working with those companies, seeing what the community kind of asked us, funding that feedback back in, we clearly knew what the pain points were. And so specifically talking about that, for instance, when you approach a monorepo, you don't just want to naively jump into it because then initially it works well, cool, like you can share code very quickly among team members. But what a lot of people see then over time is that builds get slow. Your CI now takes not just like five minutes, but it takes like 30 minutes, an hour. You get a reverse effect from the initial productivity gain. Now you get actually quite drained in terms of productivity because you have to wait an hour or so for your PR to merge. And so that was one of the pain points, for instance, where we heavily focused on. And so in an X, for instance, we introduced things like identifying the projects that got changed in a certain PR or something and just run the actual commands for those. 
And you can imagine how that already kind of cuts down a lot of the things. Because if you have, I don't know, 100 projects in there, but you just touch a couple of those, well, there's no point to running the build and test for all the hundreds, but just for the ones that are connected. And so that helps you already optimize. And on top of that, like over like various iterations, we added things like more optimized parallelization and running the task in a certain order that is most efficient to adding like things like caching, which means that you don't run a project that didn't get changed over time or didn't get like changed in terms of the relationships with other projects. And so it just got restored from a cache. And to the point where he added like the Linux cloud on top, which is a subscription-based product, which then adds like distribution of that cache. So it's not just your local workspace that caches your own runs and commands, but actually your CI system can use it now, even for yourself. Let's say overnight you have the build system on CI that runs and builds everything and, and kind of feeds the cache. Well, next time in the morning, you go to your developer workstation, you're connected to the cache. So you're not going to run the test locally because they would just like restore it from the cache. You'd be basically instant. And so obviously it gives you also like very good feeling as a developer and a lot of productivity giving those things. And so those are painkillers because you directly address what is the biggest pain point that you have when you want to start with a monorepo. But I would say like coming back to that analogy, for instance, that the vitamin part, and X comes also with those vitamins because it's not just getting started quickly and just addressing those pain points, which obviously are very important, but you also need guidance along the way as you grow, for instance, a monorepo or as you keep developing over the years. It's more of a marathon, right? Like, especially if you're a large company, you have your project, you have your product, but you want to maintain them in the long run. And so next comes with a lot of features there in terms of helping generate code, a plugin system that, that facilitates the creation of new projects, automate migration, for instance, of the tooling underneath, which is something which is super underestimated, but we all know like upgrading tooling is not something you usually get easy budget for. I think like by addressing those pieces over time, that helped us grow a lot because it seemed to be more and more people saw the actual benefit. There's also the point I think that is important to mention the whole kind of open source and community involvement. It is open source from the very beginning. So we never had a private project which didn't work out and then like kind of transitioned to an open source model. Our founders were very much like into, no, this is important for us. Like they already worked on Angular that was open source from the beginning. So they kind of wanted to engage that model and keep that pushing forward, which we all know is kind of sometimes challenging in terms of the financial aspect and the sustainability. But for us, it worked out quite well. The company is now over five years old. And, and so we're still growing quite a lot. As you mentioned, like we, we just hit the 2 million downloads per week just like a month ago, which we nearly doubled in the last six months. So the growth actually, which is probably more important even than the numbers, is, is pretty pretty working out nicely. But yeah, it needs a lot of involvement in the community. And since we integrate a lot of different projects from the community, let's say, if you set up an NX project, for instance, nowadays, like you get integrations such as Cypress end-to-end testing out of the box, integration with Jest unit testing, ESLint setup, like you get all those things plugged in. And as part of that, since we want to make that work in the best way possible, we talk to a lot of those teams. So we're in constant like connection with them. We have private Slack channels with them where we exchange experience and they give us a heads up of new features that are coming out. And so we can already start working on them, which is kind of mutual benefit because at the same time we test their features, but we also are prepared to actually have that ready when they release or launch it, uh, which I think is very, very, very beneficial. You mentioned in our previous discussions that you hire a lot of people who are a big part of the communities that you work with. Could you touch on that a little bit? 
I think like one important aspect or one interesting aspect of Novel as a company is that we have a lot of people that are super active in the community. So like in my case, for instance, I'm responsible for the whole developer relations part, the developer experience, like integrating with the community. To be honest, like I'm very lucky because we have engineers that have their main focus area is engineering. So they work on a product and improve the product and provide consulting, but they are very attached to the community as well. So we have a lot of Google developer experts on our team. So they are accustomed to speak at meetups, at conferences and simply interacting with folks. And I think like from a growth perspective, especially when you talk to community and want to grow the community side of things, that is very valuable. Right? Those are people that are already known. They have their own kind of community that are being followed by and they interact with. And so obviously that helps also then promote your own product in the sense that an X in this case. I appreciate it a lot because like I don't have to be on every podcast and every conference because like they're super happy to jump in and, and submit CFPs to conferences and stuff. So most of the times that even they reach out to me, oh, I was accepted to that cool conference, going to be there and then talk about an X, right? Uh, which I think is we're, we're really lucky to be in that position. And it's also very refreshing in a sense that having those different features in people, right? When they can deliver good engineering work, but they're also at the same time very engaging in the sense of the, working with the community. I mean, my, myself, I started focusing as a JavaScript architect, doing consulting with Novel and working mostly on engineering aspect, while the only reason that transitioned more to talking more engaging with the community and, and doing that type of work. And I think that is very beneficial if you want to grow in a community and it helps a lot for sure. And one final question. You told me offline about how you have actually taken over another open source project. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, exactly. So we took over stewardship of Lerna. Lerna is probably one of the first JavaScript-based monorepo management tools. I think two years ago, it kind of stopped being developed actively because simply all of the burn basically finished up at the, the shoulders of one single maintainer, which understandably got like, burned out by it because there's super huge burn to take, right? To, because you get constantly pushed by people about new features and bug fixes. And, and mentioning that, like Lerna is quite a large project, right? It has about, I think, 1 million, 1, 2 million downloads per week. So it's not like a toy, small toy project. It's actually being used by larger organizations and like open source projects. And so two years ago, that developer kind of stopped working actively also because it wasn't their free time, right? So it's, it's a huge burden to take. And only then later, I think in May, someone actually opened up a PR to like in big letters at the top of the readme of the GitHub repo to mention that, look, Lerna is not maintained anymore. It's kind of, you can consider it obsolete and deprecated. Go search for an alternative, right? And there are alternatives. Like meanwhile, there's like things like Yarn Workspaces, which which gives you some support similar to Lerna and PM Workspaces. Uh, obviously, NX like uh, on our side, and there are also other tools like Turbo Repo and, and others that that kind of emerged recently. And so we started engaging and talking to the maintainer how like what are we, that we would be possibly willing to take it over in terms of taking over stewardship. Uh, we kind of evaluated on our side how much effort that will be, because obviously not just from a technical perspective, but you also kind of need to move it forward, like refresh it, make it kind of re revive the project that was already kind of dead for two years. But it was a bound for us like to kind of see it die and just like have people migrate over. And so we talked to them and they were super happy. We explained them our philosophy, what we had already done because NX at that point was already, and also in general, our approach to open source. We sponsor a lot of our open source projects we integrate with. So we're very attached to the community. So they didn't feel like they give it to someone that is going to then destroy it and sell it and whatnot. So it was a good fit for them. And so we took it over in, in end of May. 
And since then, we've released a new version. We've released Learner 5. We have refreshed the website, new docs. We have also integrated it, or we give people basically the opportunity to use NX underneath very easily by just like flipping a flag, which we have seen a lot of positive feedback about that. You want to be very cautious about how you approach that. We, we are very attached to the open source community. We want to push that forward, but you want to make sure you communicate that cautiously to not let people be in a position where they're like, oh, it's going to be eaten up or something like that. So we are like, we were currently figuring out the, the whole strategy in the long run. Obviously integrating with an X was one of the, the easiest things to do for us. And from our perspective, it was also something where it would give people a lot of the benefits because they can have the same setup that they have right now, which is already working for them and they're happy with it. It just gets much quicker in a sense because an X works underneath, Learner gives through its own commands, which you don't even have to change. It basically translate them into an X commands underneath and then speeds up the whole pipelines and stuff. The feedback that we got is, is huge, like very positive. We were kind of initially a bit worried about potential negative feedback, uh, but the feedback was actually very positive. A lot of people upgraded to the latest version, integrated with an X. And we have also some, some cool products like Redwood.js, which just upgraded and integrated with NX Cloud. And, and we see new products emerging every day. So. I think it was a big success because they, they didn't have to abandon it. And we are obviously committed to push it forward. It's been incredibly interesting speaking with you, Yuri. Next time I'm building even a simple app with maybe like a front end and a back end, I'm going to try out NX. I'm definitely sold on that. Where can people hear more from you? The best way would be to go to our docs, which is nx.dev. Then there's our Twitter handle, which is nx.devtools, everything together on Twitter. And we recently also push a lot of content on our YouTube channel, which is on youtube.com slash nrwl underscore io. And one last thing that's very important, we actually announced the in-person conference, which is happening on October 17th. Um, you can go to nx.dev slash conf to get all the news there. We will soon allow, announce the speakers and the workshops that we will have there. If you're excited about those topics, tooling, front-end development, and monorepos, definitely check that out and, and come and say hi. Thanks, Yuri. And thanks everyone for listening. See you again soon. Mm -hmm.